literally every step I've just described above will be automated with machinery. It's really fun, the actual manufacturing process and being able to go in, have, have a play on all the machines. Um. But we're about power systems, yeah. uh, powering, powering, providing energy that matters really, that, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing. There has always been a, a need for engineers and, and in this particular country there is a shortage of engineers. That's one of the main reasons why might has been created. Mm. Hello, it's Nicole and welcome to another episode of That Engineering Chat. Um, very, very happy to be doing these in the studio. It's a little bit chilly, so I look like I'm a little bit shivery. Um, it, it's getting fresher. We're certainly uh, getting into December now. So thank you for joining us again. And I'm really excited today to be talking to... Um, oh, they're great. Worth Electronics, for starters, who um, were really supportive of what we did at the EDS show and the EDS show themselves and have lots to talk about. And I did talk to this this young man for, for a little, little amount of time, but not long enough. So we thought we need to get him back into the studio and have a proper, um, proper decent chat. So I'd like to welcome um, James from Worth Electronics, General Manager at Worth Electronics, to the studio today. Thank you very much for having me. You're very, very welcome. So um, hopefully everyone that's listening and watching this has already seen you talking to me briefly at the show. It was all quite busy though wasn't it let's be honest it was fast and furious and yes. yeah, people milling around so it's a bit nicer environment today to have a it's a bit nicer a chat. we've got a cup of coffee <laughs> keeping us warm we can yeah. relax yeah keeping us warm we can relax a bit but tell everyone about worth electronics how long you've been there um yeah just a, just a bit more obviously people can know who you are but for those that don't sure so yep james east general manager for worth electronics i've been here for 12 years now coming up and uh, we are an electronic component manufacturer so we manufacture a component Components yeah. for the electronics market and uh, we supply those directly to the market and have done so for 25 nearly 30 years now globally 25 30 years that's a long time and you and how long have you been there how long so have you yeah there? 12 years um myself and in the uk we've been in the market for yeah, 20 20 plus years now so you've seen a lot of changes i imagine in those 12 years it's uh yeah the changes have been have been crazy our, our team has got massively bigger when i joined there was so out on the road, six mm-hmm. people externally and three or four internally. So um, now we've gone up to nearly 50 people in the UK, mixture of internal and external. So quadrupled, quintupled, whatever the number is, the size of the team to, to get to that level. And that's been multiplied across the, the globe, really, with, with all the countries that Worth Electronics operate in. So the, the fundamental difference has been the, the size of the organisation and, yeah. and the number of people involved. Yeah. And how, I mean, we did touch on this when we talked at the show, but I mean, how, how has it been the last, you know, we've, we've been talking about the pandemic with guests today. How has it been? <laughs> it's been rubbish, obviously, in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah, and as a business, electronics is, has been on a massive roller coaster in the last two years, yeah. as, as a lot of industries have. Um, ultimately, it's been really hard for everyone working from home, trying yeah. to keep in touch with people. That has its challenges. We've had, you know, the Zoom quizzes that everyone's had, the, yeah. the Zoom um yeah meetings which have worked overall really really well but it's been great to be back seeing people face to face whether that's customers your suppliers people like yourself exhibitions it's yeah. 
it's it's more fun <laughs> something definitely, else definitely what where i mean if we sort of like recap all the way back to before the pandemic or even like you know if you go mm. back to the year before where where was the sort of electronics industry at that time what was sort of emerging what was what was growing what were the sort of you know what what were the things that were looking ahead before we literally mm. got slapped in the face with the pandemic it was still actually a really tricky period coming up to the pandemic we had loads of you know, it's been a sort of the decade of global yeah. <laughs> disasters but situations yeah. it was there was the the us china sort of trade war which was affecting electronics in in, in a big way if a lot of electronics manufacturing or vast majority comes out of china whether it's component level or or product level mm. so that was really becoming um, or making the market really unstable because prices were at risk deliveries were at risk mm. everything that was coming out of china or america which it's probably 80% of the the global electronics market was was really tough um but the the year, the, the the market itself was 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 good the the business was good i think when we were um pre covid automotive was a really big um, yeah. emerging or growing market for us as worth electronics globally it's obviously a, a humongous market yeah um and has has continued to do so and is actually now coming back around full circle with yeah. with what's happening with covid yeah and what about so you, you do LEDs. I mean, you do LEDs, capacitors, connectors, wireless models, and sensors. Is that if I could, I to mean, name a few? A, yep, that's a few. there's a few <laughs> that's there. Part of it. There's probably a few more than that too. But what about horticultural? I can't even say the word. <laughs> I can't say horticultural LED. Horticultural LEDs. Yeah. yeah. So LEDs. There's very very basic LEDs, and there's some more complex LEDs and horticultural uh, products. It's it's one of the uh, I suppose a, a buzzword for everyone is is being green or being environmental yeah. or how can they can reduce your carbon footprint sustainability all these kind of these kind of things are really important and one big technology or, or market that's emerging is um, vertical farming it's known as okay. or hydroponics this yeah. kind of thing where you've got a, a building or a warehouse or an infrastructure where you can basically grow things inside without having to have any external environments. You can control the water, the temperature, the humidity, and the light that the plant sees, which is what these LEDs do. They replace essentially what the sun does. So it gives out the same uh, wavelengths and the same um, effect that the sun has on a plant, but you can control it with an LED. So that means you can have faster growth cycles. You can basically make the plant think you're having more days or more sunlight than you're having. So you get better yield, you get um, shorter time between planting and and harvesting your your product and it's better for the environment and is that something that's come up like you said you say that's an emerging sort of growing what what applications is that useful <laughs> i mean that, I've, I've heard of a few but what what applications is that you know can you give us some examples it, the long the, the really uh there's, there's there's i suppose two there's the the mass production and there's yeah. the how do you feed the people yeah. on a day-to-day basis yeah. and you're starting to see now um for example restaurants will have a container, big shipping container loaded outside their the back of their their premises, and you can create your own farm within that. So you can have wow. zero distance from from farm to to shop or farm to restaurant. So you, your parsley that's on top of your your salad that day, they pick it out the back of their container, and it grows again within within eighteen days. Whereas buying that out off the off the supermarket shelf, that's grown in a field and and has a much much higher carbon footprint. So there's the let's say the the niche or more high end maybe restaurant type areas, yeah. but that is going to be copied across to you know, will every house have a big hydroponic container at the back of the not necessarily, but 
That's how... pretty cool. I like the idea. I like the idea of that more than a compost heap and you know all that kind of. I mean, it looks a bit great. nicer. Yeah, it's <laughs> a bit tidier. Yeah, <laughs> but is that something? Is what like you say? Is that something that's come about because of the pandemic and because people have had to be a bit more resourceful? Is that was that always going to be a growing market? I think it was always going to be a growing market. Yeah. That it's not not really been driven. I'd say accelerated from from yeah. from from covid but i think everyone's looking at their their lives over covid you know the environment just had the cop 26 up in yeah. up in scotland and i think all of these kind of industries and, and markets will get more and more focus yeah as the environment is is so important for everyone so i think this this will you will see this kind of thing grow a lot in yeah. the next years that's interesting and i mean connectors that's a relatively new line uh, some of them are yeah we've been doing connectors now our, our speciality really is i suppose going all the way back as a, as a manufacturer we we manufactured uh, or manufacture what we call EMC products. So yeah. we'll go really techy for yeah. a second or, no, or, 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 or semi-technical. Yeah. So anything that, uh, if you put a mobile phone near a, um, near a car radio or when they were analog radios or you hear this buzzing, anything basically that's not supposed to interact with another thing or you basically make sure your mobile phone will operate in any environment. Our products come on and make sure your desk, this microphone, the cameras, whatever, don't interfere with each other. And that's what we started in the market 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. At the advent of CE marking, which is now in the UK, going to be replaced by yeah. <laughs> a different standard. But the long story short is that's our expertise, EMC, magnetics, um, uh, and inductors. We've now expanded into these other areas, such as connectors, which is relatively new for us, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a very, very big market for us as well. And, and and I mean, are they like waterproof and stuff like that? So you're saying about... Yeah, the, the newer ones are, are definitely IP rated. And it's, I'd say we had very industry standard connectors before. Yeah. So they're, um, yeah, little pin header type connectors. Yeah. Whereas the products that we're going into now, because we're looking at these other industries and, and more ruggedized connectors. So IP rated connectors, which means you can connect them. No water ingress, no dust yeah. ingress. So they can go uh, top of a pole, they can go outside, they can go in your farm, they can go in a, an environment which is much more So literally, rugged. I mean, lots of areas that they could be, different areas that they could be used. Like what, what other industries could they, are they being used in? It, the great thing is they're not industry specific. Okay. They're, they're really application specific. So you could have someone who's, who's putting a, um, a data collector on the top of a pole or it's part of a mobile phone network or anything that goes up a radio mask. You could think that there's something that's got to have a cable coming out, then it yeah. needs to be waterproof. It could be something that still just sits on the desk here, but someone just wants a more secure connection. And it's, it's yeah, anything that you can't just basically pull out. It's a screwing connector. It's waterproof. It's dustproof um, for for lots of different industries. For lots of different industries. And you've got, I mean, the, so the wireless models and sensors, they're, they're obviously of interest. Tell us a bit more about the range. They're, they're, these are specialist design areas, is that right? Is there... Yeah, they're much more high um, high technology, I'd say, than, than what well, yeah, we think inductors are fairly high technology. But yeah. compared to something like an inductor or connector where you, you literally push it together, something like a wireless module, for example, you know, Wi-Fi, everyone's heard of sure. Wi-Fi. So if you're, again, your phone or your, or your laptop's got a Wi-Fi connectivity, there is going to be some sort of module in there. That, that that enables the wi-fi these modules are very very complex they've got ics in them they've mm. got um not you can choose from wi-fi from bluetooth from various different frequencies in the radio um, radio world yeah so understanding how these modules work takes someone who's got an expertise in that area to put them on their board or within their application so customers get quite nervous about putting these kind of relatively new technologies you know you could replace 
potentially wires on this desk here with um we a, talked about this last time i think we, we did <laughs> we need to have another conversation <laughs> i want to send you some modules you want to tidy my desk up <laughs> but everyone wants interconnectivity now everyone yeah. wants cable free everyone wants to, yeah. to interact with their mobile phone everyone wants an app for something and yeah. that's where these modules are coming in so the, the big buzzword was still is is iot connectivity mm-hmm. um to to, to, the, to the world internet of things yeah and these modules essentially enable to do that so wi-fi will connect you to the internet or a bluetooth connectivity will connect you to your phone or your device for you to be able to run an app run diagnostics so it saves you know the implications for that are people who have um, a big maintenance team or you don't know when something's broken if it's a a street light because it has there's no connectivity to it and if you put a module in it will talk to a base station so the person sitting in front of their screen says lamp one two three four in tunbridge wells is broken they can send someone specifically to that to fix it rather than wait for them to happen to be driving up and down the road and see it's broken or or go on their periodical maintenance do you see do you see us just going completely wireless eventually like everything we'll be close to it i think (laughs) because they do just get in the way even this morning we've all been getting a bit like get these wires out the way but i mean genuinely like if there's no if if it's as efficient without a wire or more so maybe then the only limiting factors are more or less it's it's what power do you need for it and what data rate do you need to transfer yeah um and how reliable or do you need the connection do you have line of sight so if you you if you can see that thing Mm -hmm. then you can put a wireless connectivity on it if Mm -hmm. you can't or it's tucked underground then you're going to physically have to have some sort of physical connection but you can start there is technology as well to get power transferred without a cable but that's over very short distances so wireless charging so my mobile phone a lot of mobile phones you can put on a, a wireless sure yes you can charge that yeah cars are going to be able to do that or that's what they're they're aiming to do in, yeah. a, in an efficient way you can drive. you know you've got a big charging area on your driveway you pull your car up over it at night and lock it and then it starts charging wirelessly that way i love that i still want a car that i can charge as long as the cat's not underneath the car as long as the cat's yeah. not no, don't, don't leave the cat they're definitely not okay so all right so i mean there's other products that i want to talk about but just to go back again so we go we, we you've kind of things are going the way they are before the pandemic and then we get into the pandemic how how did that affect how did that sort of directly affect you did that change things up or I mean other than the obvious reasons but talk to us a bit about that yeah everything was was trying to learn quite well in the market everyone obviously then went from work from home and we had about a month window where um, people who are manufacturing products that require components were building what they had and then there was there was not a lot that happened for two or three months because no one knew what to do so no one could really um, build that much product other than what they what they had or what they were already needing to do so the market did really cool down but yeah, no one was buying cars because no one was driving anywhere. Mm. Um, there was a lot of those slowdowns. But then at the, at the sort of three or four months into that, as we started coming out of that first lockdown, what people had done is buy new games consoles, new TVs, a hell of a lot of consumer electronics was, was being sold and, and manufactured globally, which then had this big knock-on effect and, and this sort of perfect storm of not enough supply versus um, demand for, for products. So lead times are getting much longer. Demand yeah. was getting huge and huge. Automotive sales started coming up again. Everyone had six months of more cash. They thought, well, let's buy a yeah. new car. Yeah. And there is just not enough product to go into these end products to sell to the market. It's it's a complete supply versus demand. So that is that is that the real, ahead. that's the logistics supply chain. That's the real problem that's going on. That's the, the big pinch point for everyone at the moment. They can't get enough products um, and people can't supply enough product to to fulfill the market. So there's there's stories in the news all the, all the time about different automotive companies who've got, you know, their car parks are full of half-built cars because they don't yeah. have the, sim, uh, the semi, uh, semiconductor 
products to, to put into them. The average car now has something like 65 ICs in it compared to 10, 15 years ago, it had probably 10 or 20. So the amount of electronics required to go in a car now is is huge. Yeah, I mean, I can vouch for that. My car's just <laughs> always like this. I'm not going to mention what car I've got, but there's too many things that can go wrong in my car. You know, it's more like a plane than a car some days. Um, what's that going to mean for us at Christmas? I mean, we're you know, this is going to be out in December. We're What's that going to mean for the electronics industry? What's that going to be mean for me? Am I going to be able to get my son his, his games console if I haven't ordered it yet? Well, that's quite literally possibly not. It depends yeah. what console you you want. There's there's um, yeah there's there's the whole issue we had with not just then the supply and the demand of product physically being able to make enough. We've had a whole situation with with global transport, not just the yeah. big stories around the the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal, but no. the knock on effect of COVID in these big ports in 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 China and the Far East in particular. There's not enough workers there because they're on different lockdowns. There's not enough containers available because they don't have enough lorry drivers to drive the containers back to the docks so there's this whole knock-on effects which yeah. has meant that yeah there's 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 some foods in supermarkets that they're saying aren't available they're obviously quite keen to say there's you know well everyone will have a turkey for dinner and everyone will have a present for christmas and i, I think they will the mm. reality is that some of the products we want to order won't be available for the yeah. next few months and what i mean what does that mean for the electronics industry you know how is that is there a knock-on effect with that because huge yeah huge the engineers now are trying to because they can't get hold of usually it's this ic that they can't get hold of the lead times on this is going out to yeah, it has been two years you know, yeah. this time next year it might be starting to resolve itself so really? engineers who need to or, or companies who need to make product that they can't get these key pieces of of, of the puzzle are having to redesign their products and sometimes as fast as they can redesign it that new part they want to use is also obsolete so finding a product or a supply chain um yeah, partner or people within the supply chain who can support them on that is is i think the biggest priority for for engineers and people trying to manufacture a product right now yeah and i mean so i mean the pandemic meant the slowdown in production but are you are you seeing a return to volume at all yeah, so since really this time last year, everything started to ramp up again as as people were buying cars, people had bought all these um, these these products for their for their homes, um, and the market itself got more buoyant. We'd been locked down for three or four four months, five yeah. months, and people well, we need to sell product to <laughs> to make money. There's been a, a quiet three or four months there, just as, as you know the economy was was going back in the right direction. So was electronics, mm. and we've had that for three or four or five months. So the beginning of this year and into sort of Q1 this year, that's when we started to get to the point where in the electronics market, yeah. there is there is this pinch point of we don't have enough product for the market. So customers were really having to, and we were working with customers saying, well, if you know what you need to build this year or what you want to build, usually customers in the market would maybe order one, two, three months of, of demand to, to plan that. But we're saying to customers and customers saying to us, well, we want to plan our whole year's demand now and place those orders with you because they need to have that product in six months time to be able to build their product. In the past, they could do that the month before, but now with these lead times that are stretching for six, nine, 12, 24 months, you, you can't do that. You have to place your order with your supplier 12 months before you need the product. So that's kind of, I mean, there's kind of like two sides to that, isn't there? Because it's, it's, I mean, it's different problems that are coming up, but also it's quite nice if people are planning a year mm -hmm. for, for business, surely. If you've got, if, you know, if I come to you and say, well, I need to plan out my whole year, that's, that's rather nicer than someone saying, I just want to plan next month and then come back to you next month and next month and next month. So there must be different trends emerging. It is. And, and, and it's, and it's, oh, I think hopefully or, or eventually it will mean 
a shift in behavior for, for customers and suppliers yeah. which is better for everyone yeah everyone can can plan plan into the future yeah um we're certainly doing that with with our customers and customers are doing that with us and and in the past they would be able to just go a month before right can we have this and it's and it's going to be here in four weeks it's saying we don't have it until six months time so even if you're not going to build anything for six months you need to place those orders and customers have responded really well to that yeah because they've had to and i think everyone doesn't want to get back to this situation no, again because i think people were a bit nervous as well aren't they the, the mm. people are a bit nervous about spending money and planning it again but now they you've got no choice that's what you're saying Basically, if they want to build products, you need to order that yeah. six, six, nine months ahead of time. And where do you sort of see as a, as a, as a company and an organisation that things might get back to that kind of pre-March 2020 levels? Or, you know, is it, is, it, is it getting near to that sort of the industry in different ways? Or do you think that it's just going to be totally different? I think in terms of engagement, it's, it's getting there because customers need to be talking to their suppliers, yeah. uh, whether that be at the design stage, production purchasing yeah. all, all the way along because so much is happening in terms of how people are engaging with the market i think it's getting it's getting there i think it'll still be into next year until we get back to what we're not saying normal anymore we're saying no, a new normal or whatever normal, whatever it's going to be yeah. and i think that will that will be at some point next year we'll, we'll get a much better understanding of what normal is going to be going forward yeah who knows who yeah. knows <laughs> what normal is going to be I mean, it's been an eventful year for semiconductors with shortages across the board due to COVID. Um, but I mean, you know, what sector has been most affected with IC lead times, would you say? What's, what's been the most affected? Would it say automotive, consumer? I think, I think automotive and, and consumer, you know, people are, when it gets into the news and people can't get their new whatever car yeah. they've ordered, people start to, to notice that when, when you know, people can't get hold of a, an inductor or a piece of silicon, mm. no one knows what that does or what that means. Yeah. And when it affects them personally, which it, which it is now, um, that is, that's the biggest in, impact. And then of course, with that massive increase of, of demand and, and shortage of being able to make enough product, that's driving costs higher as well. Everyone's seeing mm. what's happening with inflation in the UK and, and globally prices going up. And this mm. is all this, this, uh, yeah, vicious, vicious circle of, of what's been happening. So what, I mean, so as you know, what worth electronics, what plan Bs do you have to put in place with these long lead times and all these things? There must be plan Bs. There's always plan Bs. Yeah, so for us, it's about ramping up our production and, yeah. and getting as much production going as we can. And that's expanding our existing production facility. So putting in different shift patterns, increasing yeah. the production from the existing um, yeah, sites that we've got building and investing in in new production facilities as well so we mm. have almost a redundancy mm. and we were already doing that before before the pandemic mm. for us having all our eggs in one basket as it were so just going to one country and having all our production there or just having all of our production in one factory it's really high risk yeah. if that factory goes down or there's some sort of natural disaster or whatever happens in the world and when we can't supply those that's that's a lot of customers that we've we've let down yeah. so for us it's about replicating those production facilities in as many locations as we can so we don't just have to rely on that one factory for that one product yeah because you're one of your like usps is that is that it manufactures products so there's there is no distribution channel. exactly so for us it's really it's a massive benefit i mean a we're a, we're a privately owned company so anything the business ever makes it just gets reinvested back into the company yeah. we don't have to go and pay the shareholders so in times like this when we've had to ramp up our production we have to hold extra stock because customers need really some customers still i need this next week well yeah. if we don't have it in our warehouse then then you can't have it so investing in the production investing in the stock is is massively important to be able to get that delivered to to our customers yeah so that that's one of our our, our biggest our biggest strength what well, is our biggest strength yeah. I mean, full stop 
And I mean, so you were recently at a trade show that we were we met at. We were. How was how was that? You obviously one of the main sponsors, which mm. is fantastic. But how how was the show for you? What was it like being out and about with people again? You know, it was fantastic. Yeah, we've all been stuck, you know, in our home offices or, or <laughs> <laughs> wherever you've been working from for the last eighteen months. And we've been managing to get out and see customers now for the last you know, the last year or so. But to see that many yeah, people and engineers in in one place was was fantastic. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, we were saying before, uh, there's, there was, there was a good number of stands there. There was good planned footfall, but until you get there and see, are people all going to be there? Are they all actually going to yeah. attend on the day? Makes you a bit nervous. But for us, it was, it was like a show almost you know, pre COVID in terms of the number of people that were there or wanting to engage with us and come to the, um, the seminars that were there yeah. and, and come onto the stand. It was brilliant to see that many people. And what was the interest like with, with the product ranges that you had sort of, was there, was there anything particular? Was it like, was it just everything? We, yeah, just... we, we try and get as much as we can on, on, on the product. Some of our products are, you know, smaller than your fingernail. So it's yeah. not, I can't really show you how, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. how, what this looks yeah. like, but we had the little horticultural box on the front of the, yeah. on the stand that, that, that gets a lot of attention. We have, um, a couple of our field applications engineers always on the stand and, and some of them actually did some of the um, the seminar talks there and then actually have customers come back to the stand afterwards to go into a bit more detail you know we've got our, our screens up and, and demos running so anything we can have in-depth customer conversations with for us is is, is a bonus we, we love yeah. doing that as part of our job and so we love talking to customers you all look like you're having a lot of fun <laughs> as well no it's good though it was a really it was a good it was a really good atmosphere we we really enjoyed it how about the you know what what do you see as the future of electronics then how do you see that i mean you know we're, we're talking about sort of there is no new normal but things are hopefully going to start to change or get better for the better next year what what's what's sort of the future looking like for worth electronics certainly what your sort of plans that for you our, can discuss <laughs> <laughs> without signing NDA exactly yeah. um for, it, it's it's almost goes without saying for 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 worth electronics and worth companies that that, that growth is is kind of within our DNA really every yeah. year we look for growth sales growth and, and and company growth be that in number of people profitability all these kind of things but I think that the future for us is is expansion into which we've already started doing and this will this will accelerate for us is is things like these wireless uh, yeah. modules the automotive market new technologies like like horticultural mm. um, but it's going to be uh, yeah going out to I'm going to come waffling now pause that <laughs> one of the <laughs> obvious trends <laughs> is digitization so will yes. worth electronics add more digital elements to its product range and then maybe you could expand on some of those yeah and not so much to our product range i think for us it's, yeah. it's how do we engage with customers and how do customers engage with us Okay. Uh, so for, you know we've, everyone's got a website um, pretty much everyone yeah and you like it's, it's so, all great it? having a website that says this is worth electronics or this is this is uh, joe blogs but it's, it's how do customers actually use that and how does it benefit for them so yeah. for us we spent a huge amount of time and investment again into the website to make that yeah. as easy and accessible for engineers as absolutely possible so whether that's they need data sheets whether they need 3d cad models mm. or further data from on specific products how do they get access to that with us with with our with our um, website but going a step further to that what, what customers are going to need and what we've seen in the last again 18 months with with covid and the pandemic is how do customers track what products they need so yeah. having a full digital platform that they can access and see their order books see and track their orders how much stock does a particular manufacturer have how much does it cost all of this kind of interaction with us as a business thinks can be really critical for they're not just engineers but for people who are more in the, the production and, and planning stages so do you think sales will sort of keep going down that way where they literally will just 
they'll also be digital as well. I will, we'll never get to a point, and certainly not for, for Worth Electronics, where yeah. we have only digital for us having having people going talk to customers and, and having that engagement is, is critical for us. It will just be that we can um, utilise a, a digital platform to make it easier for customers to do a lot more of that transactional that transactional business you know yeah. why would you want to send an email to someone who then has to process something to send you another email back to load that into your system you want that system to talk to that system yeah and it's and it's done and it's really you just quick. want a quicker route to market don't you exactly so what what other things do you think you've learned as a business out of coming coming through that pandemic and you know because it's it, it, i get the feeling that everyone's sort of getting a bit savvier with what they're doing because they've had to you know we've been sort of locked away for a long time so like you're just saying there mm. people are looking at quicker ways of doing things and more efficient ways what else do you see coming out of sort of you know the pandemic that things that are going to improve or well without being a what it could be a fu- personal fu- opinion future <laughs> futurologist yeah i think um people will never stop wanting to deal with people and, and having done a lot of visits in the last yeah weeks and months mm. people love having that interaction and I, i'm i was fearful that we would really lose that mm. i think going back a year when when we were all sitting at home for literally three months, like, mm. are we ever going to go back to interacting with people? But I'm I'm pleased by having things like the exhibition we did last month that people are still willing to go out to these kind of things. Yeah. And the future is really just going to be that flexibility, I think. We're not going to have those standard you know, nine-to-five roles, not going to have five-day-a-weeks. We're not going to have um, th- that kind of interaction with people anymore. Everything's going to become more more flexible. People will carry on doing Zoom meetings. Yeah. Well, we need to decide what's the best zoom meeting what's the best face-to-face meeting mm. absolutely but i think the critical thing that that we did and we, we i think have to keep going forward is is remembering it's you know it's a everything's a people industry at the end of the day and, and yeah. for us it definitely is and dealing with customers is, is a personal thing coming doing things like this it's yeah. it's brilliant i think you know doing doing these things by 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 digital means alone is you don't get the most out of them no, I think it's like you say, it's a mix, isn't it? If you can find the perfect mix of things, then you can still, you know, you can use digital to its advantage then. You can use technology to its advantage, but mm. there's you're not going to get away from good old-fashioned personal just interaction and connection. Yeah, I think on a, on a business level as well, people are going to need... Um, that they want those relationships with yeah. with customer or supplier because you want to have someone you can actually speak to and trust. You know, yes. just want to talk to a face or a website or a system or however good it is. You still need to go, James. I need you to come and help this or and whoever come and help me with this. Have you noticed? Because certainly, I mean, from a business point of view as well, I would say that that during the pandemic, you know, those of us that have good relationships with our customers. You really realise that during a pandemic, mm. because if you don't have a relationship with your customers, you would have no customers, I would argue. Mm-hmm. So do you think that's something that people are really appreciating now? I think so. And because we have that personal touch, for our, our company motto is it's more than you expect. So it's, it yeah. is service level. It's completely service driven. It's personal relationship driven. You know, our, our our technical team understand what that customer needs and, and that customer trusts us to come and support them with that. Yeah. And it's in its totally about that that personal connection for me and I think that that has to be has to carry on into whatever the future looks like definitely without a doubt so so I mean so there are big you're going to be doing more shows more shows what else are you going to be doing more of what else are you going to be doing more of leaving the house (laughs) (laughs) more leaving the house house, more leaving the house how can people I mean what's the best way for for people to get find you get in touch with you is it can people reach out to you on LinkedIn if they want to personally they can yeah worth electronics UK on on LinkedIn or we-online.com is our website and all of our contact details are there you can you can request product you can request contact um you can call us email call us knock on our door no fax 
Um, no, we don't have a fax anymore. I don't think, no. <laughs> We've got rid of that, <laughs> at finally least. got rid of that. I mean, I, don't, I can't think of anything else that we haven't covered today. I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot. I think we've covered a lot. It, um, it's been great to get to know you guys. I think you. I think you all do a great job, and certainly, I. You must have to be very knowledgeable being a general manager at Worth Electronics. That's all I can say. Well, I try. <laughs> you've been there. You've been there for twelve years, but but best of luck with everything, and thank you so much for coming in to talk to us. And um, yeah, maybe we can have a recap in the future. We'll see you at EDS next year. For see, a, we'll definitely see you at whatever EDS. the new normal looks like. We'll de- definitely see you at EDS next year. But thanks for coming in, James. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>